Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs, providing insight and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, Across the Park Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose... Where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park Podcast, episode 3 of the 21-22 season. It's myself, Gary Judge and Andrew Price representing the Blues and we've got Terry McGiven and Phil Roberts representing the Reds. Well, the transfer window, the summer transfer window is now officially closed. Um, no more incomings are at neither side um, to come after after last night, after it closed at 11 o'clock. There may be still some, some outgoings as, as there's a couple of countries, I think Turkey and uh, Portugal uh, and Russia maybe you can still make sign. So we still might have some some players leaving, but no more players incoming. So we'll be starting our podcast tonight by discussing the windows for both sides. We'll then move on to a week in history before reviewing last weekend's game. So it was Evans' 2-0 victory at Brighton and Liverpool's 1-1 draw at home to Chelsea. We'll then have uh, another one of our features, higher or lower, is it, yep. this week? So that'll be presented by Phil. So it'll be Terry taking on Judgey and Pricey, or Gary Judge and Andrew Price, full titles, as always. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've got no games to, to, to preview, obviously, this week. So we will be, we, we'll have some social media questions, but we're going to include them in mostly in our transfer window section because that's where most of the, the questions were centred for this week. So we are going to start with the Reds. Um like Everton, I suppose, a, quite a, a quiet window in terms of terms of incomings. Your, your major signing was was obviously Kanate very early in the window, and since then it's been quiet. Klopp plays it down early in the week, pretty much saying that there would be no more business. You have made some notable uh, signings in terms of um, new contracts for your players, which I think we're going to discuss as well. But general feelings, Teddy Phil, on on the window that's just passed. Go and see, kick us off. It's one of them, isn't it? I mean. <clears throat> I think, you know, from my perspective, like a look at it, you know, compared to last season, and we're getting players back from injury and stuff. Our first eleven, I think, is a, you know, it's still a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think we'll still be up there with our first eleven. It, I am slightly disappointed though that we haven't, you know, reinforced. I think there's a lot of players on our squad <coughs> that have shown that they can't be relied on. You know, in terms of physical, you know, sort of robustness. Like we we seem to lose a lot of the players who you would consider. At the moment, to be on, you know, backup players or, or sort of on the cusp of first team, Oxley Chamberlain, Keita, you know, still don't really think we've got a viable back backup to Trent in the in the right back spot, and 
even though we had a Jota, we have actually just lost Firmino to, to, to an injury. And, you know, it, I, I would have liked to have seen us, and not to mention we lost Brian Alden, I would have liked to have seen us, you know, be in the market and strengthen the squad. I, I think it's very difficult for us to improve the first team, you know, to, to go and sign someone that you guarantee is going to improve the first team. But I think there's options there to improve the squad. Um, so I'm maybe not quite on board with, you know, some of the shouts that we're hearing, you know, with... with you know, the FSG not spending the money and stuff, and we, we need to be signing a big player or big names, you know, in the same because Chelsea have, City have, and Man U have. But I am sort of, in, of 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 the agreement that we should be doing a bit more in the window. I think, um, given how badly we were hurt by injury last year, um, if we if we do want to compete in in all competitions that we're involved in. Yeah, I mean, the most concerning position for us it was centre back, to be honest, and we've. We've obviously gone out and spent decent money on a player in that position. Um, in terms of, like, the only other... If I was in charge of the transfer budget, like you mentioned, I'd have gone out and got a, a backup right-back. But through, apart from that, I think the squad's pretty, like, deep in terms of, like, the number of players that we've got. I know a few of them are injury-prone and stuff, but I don't think we're going to have a season like we did last year and I th- but Terry if, if your budget is what it is on on that front though Phil budget wise are you disappointed that you're not being able to shift some of them players do you think there's been enough of a sustained effort to, to get a fee for some of them I know Harry Wilson's obviously left Yeah. I mean looking at the, the books you, you're fairly balanced aren't you in terms of what you brought in is it Gru- there's Gruwich left and Harry Wilson Yeah. their left. fees combined pretty much paid for Canate didn't they yeah basically yeah, yeah I mean like look we could have pushed the Rigi out and, and Shaqiri but like I think Shakiri went. Shakiri went. Shakiri's gone. Yeah, so went to Leon, didn't he? Okay, well, I I think Shakiri's a pretty effective player coming on to make an impact in a game late on, and I don't really think I think like we could have done replacing that because I don't think we've got many as good as him. But I disagree slightly on that. I, I think we, we knew Harvey Elliott was coming back off his loan, and he, and obviously yeah. I think the club have have been aware that they're going to give him opportunities in the first team, and he plays in a very some sort of similar position off that right hand side and. Shakiri's another one. You know, I'm I'm a big fan. Of, as you say, he's a game changer. He can come into the team and make things happen. You know, we've seen that particularly the Man U game. You know, when he came on and changed the game for us. But he's never available. You know, he, yeah. he he's missing months. But he doesn't just miss them like because of bad injuries. He misses them because of mystery injuries. You know, like weird ones. Yeah. He was away on international duty and he had an ingrown pubic <clears throat> hair or something. <laughs> yeah. And his international manager came out yeah. and said that's why he hasn't played for Liverpool for like. I mean, three months. I think we're true. That's why I'm not a pro, to be honest. <laughs> just mad. Like, yeah. where, where you think, it's amazing. How, how is that not being solved? Like, easy. Yeah. But I, th- I think where I'm going with it, Teddy, is that you've got a certain budget and we've decided to spend it on renewing these contracts, which I think is massive because I'm used to a lifetime of, of losing the best players and stuff like that. Now, okay, could we have brought in a backup forward or something? And, I know you've got players in mind like Saar, I like Rafinha, but what sort of money are you talking for them, for a backup player? And like, have we got that sort of money knocking about? Because what, how many points... Everyone, everyone else is spent. I'm not saying you can't just constantly, oh, because they're spending it, we spend it, but like the other teams you mentioned there are improving, whether you call it their squad or the first 11, by spending a significant amount of money. Yeah, but they've got it. Yeah, I don't think we're in the same bracket as Man U, City Chelsea. and Chelsea in terms of how they spend and, and the business model they operate on. Man U, uh, you know, operates on a different level because their commercial revenue is yeah, so much higher than everyone else. Chelsea have got a billionaire benefactor and City are owned by a country. So 
you know, we're not we're not we're not fighting in them same in them same brackets as them money wise, but you know what. But, but, and but surely, spent the time, but surely in the case of Chelsea, because obviously I get the point with the revenue of, of United and City and how, how legitimate City's revenue is, is anyone's is anyone's guess or, or spe- you know you can speculate on that. But surely Chelsea, surely you're 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 on par with them in terms of you know how much money you're bringing into the club, and you can't go yeah, that far anymore with financial fair play, can you? Well, you can because financial fair play probably won't touch them because. They went for a couple of years under Lampard, not being able to sign anyone. That was the transfer ban, though, wasn't it? But the, that was the transfer ban, but that means that basically, you know, they they've got players that they were able to sell, but they weren't allowed to sign players, were they? And they've got loads of, the way that they harvest the kids. Mm. You know, they're, they're always bringing it's, revenue in on fees and things. So, so it, it's a different business model to us. Um, so yeah, but you can't you can't turn around and go their business model's different. So I can't we can't be critical of the way that the club benefited from the ban, though, is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I, I think. They've invested in that youth and they've brought in young players for a long time to be able to do that. And you've sold Investment, what does investment mean? Like, you're talking about players, but look at the money we've spent in the ground, look at the money we've spent on new contracts. There's multiple ways for the owners to invest, though, isn't there? And I'm, I'm, like, quite pleased with the way we've chosen to invest. Obviously, are you yeah. happy? Are you happy? The owners investing in the ground and not investing in the first I'm team. Not, well, in, we've invested in keeping all of our world class players and keeping the harmony good in the squad. I mean, who wanted who, those players though? What do you mean? Who wants? Who was? Who was? Who was going to? No, who was going to oh. sign? No, you're saying keeping those. Big who, who's the sign trends? I think. If, I think if we turn around and said Marnie and Salah, you're not saying they're available. Then players, teams are involved. You're not saying they're available, but like yeah, they're getting to the end of the contracts, Judge. Yeah, so but they're old though as well. Yeah, but like um, we don't want to lose them next season. They're not that old. They're actually in the prime. Mm. It's like we've got a few years left, and I think yeah, if we were to cut to Haaland or something like that, I mean, insane money and probably insane wages. But how do you know we're not in talks to sort that next season anyway? Yeah, we we don't. I I just look at it and think, you know, first team. And you're saying that you'd only get back up for Trent. I I think it goes beyond that. I would have replaced. I would have tried to go out and get a midfielder, a live midfielder who can basically, you know, maybe give us another option in there. I don't trust Cater. Oxley Chamberlain. I don't. I, I don't think is 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 really. If we're being wholeheartedly honest, honest enough, he's not a world class midfielder that should be playing for Liverpool in the midfield week in week out. And he's not in. He's, he's injury prone. You can't try a world class. Henderson picks up a lot of knocks. A lot of he misses. He misses games yeah. throughout the season. So like Thiago's got a patchy injury record his whole career. Yeah. You start to look around and then and you're like, we've got loads of options in there. Your other options are Curtis Jones, who's still a bit raw. You know, really, I don't want to rely on Curtis Jones for twenty games. He's a he's a an attacker midfielder. Yeah, he's a string puller, I suppose. Yeah. Like not quite a ten, but. Like Lallana, isn't he? Really? Yeah. And, and, and then Milner. Mil- yeah, all right, but he's 35 years of age. He can't play. Numbers doesn't mean quality. Numbers doesn't mean quality to compete with those teams that you mentioned before. Numbers? Yeah, just because you've got the numbers, we've got numbers. Oh, I see, we haven't got the quality. Yeah, it doesn't depth. mean you've got the quality. Well, depth, I would argue that depth. it's not far off, like. I mean. Yeah, if they're all fully fit. Yeah. And they're all like in form and, and you know, being getting rotated and they've all got games in their legs and stuff, then maybe you're right. That's what I'm saying, Milner, because you can use them on that basis. But you can't play him week in like two no, games we a week. Have to. We have to we would have to if you lost if, if your other options are injured. Mm. So I would have been looking at someone like a Basumer or something, you know, or or, yeah. or options in there. I think Shakiri's gone to Leon, I'm pretty sure that um that hour, is it? Is that how you say his name? Oh, he's Leon. Yeah, that's, that's where Shakiri's. Oh, going. sorry, I think so. Leon, you know, yeah. maybe there was something that could be done there because there was rumours that he was basically quizzing, up, up for. Yeah, but there was rumours that he was keen for leaving. So, you know, there's there's possibly things that could have been done. I I I think you know, all fully fit. I'm happy with the first eleven, but 
I so, am a bit nervous about we could end up with an injury pro- crisis like we did last year. Yeah, well, I suppose Terry, like the like we haven't replaced um, Wijnaldum, have we? Really, we had a message on it. Um, looking forward to tonight's podcast. This was from uh, Steve, by the way, via the website. Looking forward to tonight's podcast. One of the best around. Disappointing transfer window, in my humble Reason opinion. Over that comment, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. We are one of the best around. Thanks, mate. Um, we will, without doubt, miss Genie as he. As the players behind him previously are not to his level, despite bringing in what looks like to be a strong central defender, we can very, very easily become short again this season, in a season that all of our rivals have significantly strengthened. Yeah, I you can't agree. argue with that. No, I, you can't. And, and you know, I, I think we forget how robust Wijnaldum was. He was pretty much oh. fit and available 90% of the, the season, weren't he? One of the biggest things we'll miss. So, all of a sudden, your backups, as I say, are all crocs, you know, for want of a better word. Um so I am a little bit nervous there. I do think you know there's things that we could have done in in, in the midfield, um, and we probably should have done. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm not one of them. Who, I'm I'm not saying that we have to be out there spending 150 million. Otherwise, we've had a terrible window. I just don't agree. Before we move past it, did you, did you see Klopp's interview where he said, you know, when football comes down to like signing one player and then he can get injured and it's all gone out the window and all that, he's like, I'm not about that. This is about building a team, building a family, whatever, um, you know, that's what football is to me. And he said, I I promise, like not the, not the owners, that if there was a player that I wanted, we'd sign him. He said, I, he said, I promise you that. If, if I thought a player could really make a difference to the squad, I'd sign. So it almost sounds like the money was there, but everyone's ignoring that and just wants to blame FSG for not putting the money up. It could have been there. And we could have been... How do you so- feel about them, them, that comment as a fan? I kind of like it because <laughs> I don't want. I, I, I'm with Klopp. Like, if someone said now you can come and have City's owners tomorrow and do it the way they're doing it, w- would you go for that, Terry? No, well, I, I, it, it's a tough so, one, isn't it? As as Liverpool fans, given the success we've had the last few seasons, <clears> you've got to you've got to temper any sort of feeling you've got where you're feeling left out in the window with the fact that it's an incredibly successful business model and sport model that they've instituted. So Best we team can't we've ever produced. We can't club. really be too sort of, you know. Knows are a joint because we're not we're not getting big headlines and and in for big players which feels boss as a fan but you know at the end of the day I think even some of the fans are like even Man U's fans would probably would have give their right time if you just said to them you spend the way Liverpool spend but you'd have the success Liverpool have had over the last couple of years I think they'd have took it wouldn't they well, of so it's, in the world was. it's one of them I suppose everyone always thinks the grass is greener elsewhere so I think you know there's elements of what you're saying you're right you know and and the way that we've done it or Klopp we've done it under Klopp is. Probably something to be, you know, applauded. Really, um, it's done on the, on the right sort of sporting way. Um, but you know, I can understand why some fans are a little bit, you know, with us with us not really going out and making a, a statement. Is it definitely FSG's fault? I don't know. We don't know, do we? But obviously, it, it it's one of them, isn't it? That's where the blame gets gets pointed, and it. You're not really going to say it's Klopp's fault, are they? Liverpool fans aren't going to be critical of Klopp unless no, he comes out and says, it was me, I didn't want to sign anyone. Did. Well, he basically did. He basically did. Couldn't be much clearer, in fact. Maybe. He did, he, I, I do remember, I don't know the exact comments, but I do remember him saying or saying something along the lines of, like, football isn't about just signing players. Yeah. It's about, like, you know, developing a team and stuff and that spirit and all that, and I don't believe that we'd have got that by just going out and signing random players, which is a fair point, and... And, it, and it, you know you can't you can't argue with that because that was the basis of your success, wasn't it? The kind of yeah strong I've heard him saying as well. And... I don't want to. He's, he said hasn't he a few times about signing like big money for players for the squad and things like that. He's like I don't really believe in it. I'm sure he said things like that in the past. Well, 
But, I, but uh, we'll, 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 let's talk about specifically uh, that. I'm not sure you pronounce it. Niguez, is it? Son Niguez. Yeah, and he's gone for four on four million pound loan. So like, okay, we haven't got money. Well, should we have been in for that? He's, should, he's should an we... animal as well. He's like a prop. Yeah. You look at a player like mentality wise, and you know playing as you do playing under Simeone, you've got to have that type of mentality. And and he he looked like a player who looked a perfect fit for, you know, a, a Wijnaldum replacement. The, the problem is with that, though, Judy, I suppose, well, I suppose the same when we had Wijnaldum, but he probably's going to want to be a first-team player, isn't he? Well, uh, mate, I think he I'm would sorry, he would be more Pardon? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Who do you think's... Like, Henderson, like? he's a, Fabinho's a specialist. You're not replacing Henderson. He's better than Henderson. <laughs> but if, but you play, you generally play three in there. Though. Yeah, you play three in there. Yeah. You play with them, too. But plays Thiago. in front of them. He's a... He's a, he's a Mate, he's best than Thiago, I'm better sorry. Than he plays ahead of Thiago on the Spanish team. It's di- it, I guess it depends. He's a, he's a different type horses, of player, horses, yeah. but he's more of like a, a, you know, energy up and down, gets in the box to score goals, gets back and, you know, concedes yellow, you know, lose, you know, gives away fouls and get, stuff I in the right areas. The, prob- the problem for us is the wage structure, isn't it? Because by all accounts, he wanted big money wages and he will have got big money wages at Chelsea. If he comes in to Liverpool and he's on, Three hundred grand a week. Your wages change on alone. Well, two hundred, even two hundred and fifty grand or two hundred eighty grand a week. He's top earner straight away at Liverpool. Which then all of a sudden you've got the problem of Salah wants it, Van Dijk wants it. Every all of them players start to think, well, there's the new ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's so, just on loan sign that goes back, isn't it? And like, don't they contribute to his wages and stuff like that? They won't. They won't have done in that case because they don't would, give him a new wage. They wouldn't have wanted them to leave. You take him on the wage he was already on, don't you? I wouldn't have thought so, no. I wouldn't have thought so. I would, I would have thought he'd be getting basically whatever. Yeah, I've just read. I've just read something then. His wages, wage demands were with two hundred and twenty grand, which would have made him on par with. Yeah, he'd be in with Van Dijk, and that's what put Liverpool off. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's one of them, isn't it? It it, it could turn out to be a, a you know a silly move that we didn't just go. Yeah, he improved the team. He's a he's, you know he's a viable option and. If he's a top in it, he's he's not smashing the wage structure, is he? You know, no. I guess you'd you'd expect him. It says he, it says apparently he said he wanted more than two hundred grand, which the speculation is it would have made him on par with with Van Zijf. But I know I'm, I don't think I don't think any of the players. If you bring in a player like Sol Niguez, yeah, and and someone who's got that type of mentality, which you know we can only assume that he has based on his profile of playing under Simeone and, and all that type mm. of stuff. I don't think anyone's knows would be put out of joint if he's improving that no. team and he's no, no, granted, making a difference. I don't. And even if it's a one, and especially if it's a one-year loan where it's like, listen, but the, if it doesn't that make good, that impact. It's not a one-year loan, is it? And then you're signing them and you're paying them probably more. Mm. So it's almost, you, you, that move changes your wage structure. Or you send them back and then Thiago goes, oh, you want me back now, do you? You just drop me for a year. Like, cop worries about that type of stuff. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough balance. I know Terry would have had those. Should he? Should be worried yeah, about who's it, better for his no, team. No, he's harmony's right, everything. Harmony's everything. You can improve your play. Yeah, yeah, your first yeah but that's your job as the manager is to still, still ensure that the harmony is maintained by explaining to your, your players that we need players like this to, yeah, to improve. Yeah, that's the manager's and, job and, to do that. And then you send them back and you go, Thiago, back in now. But like Terry said, and it's going to be the case anyway, it's along with an obligation to buy because they want to make sure that they're not Going over this, if they just spent fifty million on Sol Niguez, considering what they've already spent, they probably were getting close to taking the piss a little bit with financial fair play. Yeah, but Terry, on a lesser level, I think you would have been happy with signing Basuma and Saar, wouldn't you? Like, yeah. uh, and you're talking like just thickening out the squad. And yeah, because I think it's you know there's potential there. It's not it's not record breaking money potential. You know, wages would be I think you know acceptable 
and I think there's a lot of talent there in Basuma in a, in the right team and he, with with Saar as well. I think Saar's Saar's a very lively talent and just being able to give Mane a rest and things like that. Well, exactly, make a big difference, just, it, it? it gives you a different dynamic. You know what I mean? And you, or you can play Mane on the right. You can play Mane as the nine. You can play Salah on the right. You can play Salah as the nine. You can put Saar on the left. You, it just gives you other combinations. And I think I don't see it as a transfer you'd lose money on because I think. He's got, but he's got good enough potential. You can only have so many people. We've got four brilliant forwards. Like most clubs are dream of that. Like now we're saying, yeah, but we want now we want five. No, if we got if we got shot of Origi and replaced him with Saar, I'm I'm happy with that, mate. I'm happy as that as like a sort of you know. It depends how much because Origi doesn't play option. much, so it depends how much you've paid for that player who barely plays. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Yeah, okay. We'll we'll move on to move on to Everton pricey. So you know, we we did speak off air, and it was starting to get a bit heated off air. To be honest, not heated, but you know, we, we've got probably different opinions on on how this this window yeah. pans out for us. It was boss. It, it's it's fair to say that it, you know, underwhelming is one word that will come to mind for most Blues. Um, I think most Evertonians did have expectations going into this window that it was not going to be the you know 150, 200 million type window, and we. It was made pretty clear to most fans early in the window that we were going to have to sell in order to buy, you know, um, significant or in order to spend significant money. We didn't manage to sell, you know, any of our sellable assets, if you will, or any of the assets that I think Evertonians would have liked to see go, the likes of Delft, the likes of Gomez, you know, I suppose Bernard moved on, which which took a little bit off the wages. Moise Keane's moved on, which... Although up front we're not going to get much, that that that's obviously freed up. You would like to think a little bit of money. Um, go on. Let, let's let's you know. Let's let's. I'll hand it to you first. Give me your thoughts on the window, what and all. Well, my point of view is that, yeah, financial fair plays in 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 you know is is a major factor in what we've done in the summer, but it still doesn't deny the fact that I don't think the players that we've brought in are good enough to improve our first eleven. I think that's the issue that we've got. We've got too many players in our first eleven last season who were inconsistent. We needed to improve that first eleven. We brought in one who's probably a, a and that's Gray. He's probably brought in to be a starter. The others have not been brought in to be starters, and I just don't think that the the good enough to to improve us on the tenth place finish that we had last season. And fair enough if we're saying we've done what we've done the best we could with the money available, or we've scraped around for you know freebies or whatever else and, and I get that that's fair enough but it doesn't make those players we brought in any better and it doesn't improve Everton anymore just because we didn't have the money to spend and that, and that's my point and that's why I don't think it's been a it's been a well as you said before I don't think anyone thinks it's been a good window but I think it's been a really disappointing window because we haven't been able to to just bring in a player who you can you can honestly say improves our, our first 11 and, and I, I don't think we've brought in a player that can improve our first 11 Graham hoping so because he had a good start but he's just joined a new club and, and we've got a new manager and there's a bit of a bounce back like you would get with any new manager. He's proven that he's not consistent. I think he only played 13 or 15 games for Leverkusen last season. Mm. Um, and, and Townsend's proven to be inconsistent in his career as well. He, he didn't make it at the top clubs that he's, that he's played for. Yeah. So that that's my point of view. And I get the financial fair play stuff, as I've said, but it doesn't make us doesn't before, make players any before better. Before Judge gives his opinion on the matter, like have you got no... Suggestion on what you would rather have seen happen? Like, was there someone out there you think Everton should have been in for him? That club signs him, why couldn't we have done it? <clears throat> Given um, the circumstances? No, 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 I don't know because the, I don't know what money was available. We were, we were talking before before we, we uh, like pressed record. That, yeah, there was, there might have been, that's what I was supposed to say. We, that, apparently, there might have been 20 odd million available that, that we could have bought and uh, we could have spent on someone. 
Uh, potentially that'll go into January's budget or next summer's budget if we can get rid of those Klingons that you're saying that we need to get rid of. Mm. Um, but I just still think the, the 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 performance we put in last season, we've still got those same players, those same inconsistent players. who will give you three good games and then be terrible for three. You know, you mean Richarlison to, to a certain extent. Um, Hammers, if he comes back in, he's inconsistent. Obi's inconsistent. Keane's inconsistent. That, that that's my issue that I've got. Who I would have bought? I don't know. I don't know what was available, and but I'm sure I'm I'm sure there was better than 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 the players we brought in. Yeah, no, that's a fair. I can't argue with many of the things you've said. I, I'm not quite as um, dejected. I think he's probably. I'm not quite as dejected by the window. I think there's a lot. There's a lot to take from the fact that we've got a a new manager who. You know, traditionally gets the best out of players and, and, and is more of a coach and a man manager. And I think that will get, you know, more out of some of the players that we maybe haven't seen, you know, something from. I mean, we, we you know, we speak a lot about Iwobi. I'm not a fan of Iwobi. I, I haven't been since he's landed at the club. He, he's flattered to deceive. But we can't deny that there's been kind of shoots, hasn't there, of maybe what he can he can bring. Um, to Marty Gray, as you've said, has been very inconsistent in his career. You know, I, I seen I, I seen a quote from Brendan Rodgers the other day saying he failed to even string two consistent performances on the bounce together for less than he's already topped that. So uh, already it seems as though he's showing that he can get a little bit more out of players that maybe other managers haven't. I think we're now starting to see the best of, of, of Alan, which, you know, I've been a big fan of his since he came in, but I understand why some Evertonians have maybe not taken to him as much. He seems to be in a in a position or in a role in the team now where he, where he where he's more suited to. To call, he's clearly enjoying the, you know, the lease of life and and having the the freedom to go forward a little bit more. So I think the squad looks a bit different than it did last season, even though it's the same group of players. I think when a new manager comes in, and maybe has an opportunity to assess what they can bring and and maybe you know, put in a, a different style of play. I think it the, the squad suddenly takes on a bit of a different look. You've got Cabana now who. who it's the first time I've seen his return being managed properly. You know, every time he's come back, he's been thrown in for 20, 30 minutes at a time and he's broke down. It seems as though whatever's gone on on the training ground, he seems to understand how to maybe bring him back into the fold. And if we can get him fit, you suddenly got like three really solid centre mids. That we, we, don't, we don't know Gabamon's solid though. We, we, we don't do, know we, that for a fact. We don't, we don't know because do, he hasn't we, played enough games but, but to say no, we, he's going to be a good player. When we, he know comes from, in. we know from. The player that we signed in the first place of two full seasons in in uh, the Bundesliga, where he was, you know, he was he was touted as one of the, the one of the better, if one of the best defensive midfielders in the league in terms of being getting up, up and down the pitch. Obviously, it's going to take him a while to to get back to that level of physicality, and that's why he's he's being eased back in. But it's the longest I've seen him involved with yeah, the squad. Yeah, definitely, hundred you know percent. I mean? and, and and I'm made up. He's back. Don't get me wrong, but. We still don't know for a fact that he's gonna how well he's gonna do, don't we? So to say that, oh, we've got Cabana coming back, so happy days. It is I'm, happy days because he's back, but it's not happy days because we know. The I'm not saying that, but he's one of a few players I think who, who are now starting to look like a positive that where we didn't have any hope of it. Like I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope no, for I, a while, yeah, but now he's in the folds and he's he, he's bring he's getting brought in and out. Think of last season, how many games are Obi starters where you're thinking, why is he starting again? He's brought he's been brought in and out a few times now. It seems like it, it's the way the, to work with him because he is inconsistent. And I, 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 hope, I, I hope you're right, but but he's he's had three three good games on the bounce in the past though, hmm. and he's had little shoots of being good in the past. So I hope you're right. I hope, no, I'm, and look, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying 
this can't this can't be a good season. But I, I just very much doubt it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, as I say, I started my my segment, if you like, by saying that I'm not for a minute saying that this is the boat turning, but it's so early on in Benitez's reign, and and you know the, the style is marked. You know, it's it's much different. The style. I'm not saying that because we had a very good start on the Ancelotti, so let's not forget that. I'm not saying that it's a completely different, and it, you know it's a. You know, sorry, this is a, it, the boat's turning and all these players are suddenly good, but I'm just holding out a bit of hope that with the the different, you know, uh, mentality, style of play, formation and all that, that some of the players that we had lost, complete, you know, completely lost hope for might have a chance. I don't think... Go on, I'm just going to jump in with a Rafa Benitez comment we've had from Richie Brewis. He said, hi lads, interested in your thoughts on Rafa so far. In my opinion, he seems to have just simplified everything. Players know what they need to do and nothing's overcomplicated. I feel he's contributed to an upturn in players' form. Decore, Allen, notably Iwobi. White is only early days and I don't want to get carried away, but it does give me confidence. Yeah, kind of I, I, confidence is a good thing. word, yeah. Confidence is a good word. You know what, I probably subconsciously remember that message coming in today, but I think confidence is a good word. I have got confidence in and I, I don't think I've had confidence in previous managers getting the best out of certain players, but, you know... You know, I'm with Pricey in the in the sense that it's disappointing that we haven't brought in players who are gonna make a marked difference to that first eleven. And you know, I I was holding out for a long time, and as soon as I seen us being linked with Luis Diaz, I was I was I was you know I was gutted that we didn't get the you know get him over the line because I I do watch a lot of footy. I think most people who listen to the show will know I watch a lot of footy and. You know, I I do watch the Portuguese league and and and, he, and even in the Champions League, he was a player that stuck out. America, four and five, yeah. he scored. Yeah, he was he was very good in the cup, and he's young. Do you know what I mean? And 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 he's he takes a lot of boxes for us, and and certainly if you look at the you know the the issues we've had with players shifting players on who you know have come in on, on bit for big money, it's always been the players who've been in the late twenties. This lad's twenty two, and he would have been a very you know, sellable asset, you know, in the future, whichever way it was going. I've got a feeling, and you can you can record this if you want, someone will sign him for 50, 60 million next summer. Yeah, well, I mean, the only problem with that relied on selling Hamez, didn't it? So, like, does that mean, does that mean like, the strength of your transfer window relied on selling him? Because you're not selling him, not buying anyone who's going to make a big difference to the first team for 20 mil in this market, I really? Unless you get, you know, lucky. Well, that, I think he was part of, supposed to be part of the deal, wasn't he? And Hamez was definitely a big factor and was getting someone of quality in because of the wages that he's on. Um, and, you know, you've seen more of them than me. I've watched them on YouTube clips when I thought that we might be getting them. Obviously, he looks like a good player on those. If Judge's seen a lot more, then happy days. I'll take his way for him. Would have been made up to get him. But that's that's my point that I'm trying to make is that that was the, if he is as good as Judge is saying there, that's the type of player we needed. We needed someone to come in of, of, of quality. And let's, uh, you know, the, was it Richie, was it? The, the guy yeah. who's just, yeah, I, I agree with what he's saying. But he has made us, he simplified it. He's made us look more hungry and more determined, uh, especially those two in midfield who he's mentioned, Alan and Decore, have been have been brilliant. But but we haven't been outstanding and we haven't played anyone of note. Mm, we, we've we, yeah. we've been okay. Do you know what I mean? We we've been better than we were last season. We haven't been, we haven't played well. You know, I wouldn't. <coughs> yeah, we have played well to a certain extent, but we haven't. We haven't we haven't shone. We haven't made you think. Oh, we're a team. We, we've we've done well. He's he's made us compact. He's made us tight. And and, and when we've well, played on your counter attack and we played let, all right. Let me just throw this one in then. So obviously it's not gone the way that you would have liked to have seen it gone. But who's to blame? So we had a message from Nick Morris who said serious questions have got to be asked about Marcel Brands and the club now. Club have only got themselves to blame for the FFP issues and the fact that we've not addressed very clear weak points in the squad is so, so poor. 
Uh, we had another message saying, um, bordering on negligence, the job brands is failing to do now. He knew the restraints um, as the three signings, Rafa's. I don't know what that means, but well, just uh, just just before we we kind of come on to yeah. my 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 perspective on that, and I mentioned it yesterday, I think to to the Blues, on, on our WhatsApp group, and then you know we we brought it up before, the signings we've all made are clearly, Rafael Benitez signings, as in like, he, he's a known about Begovic, who he didn't, he's you know he's been around in the Premier League for for 10, <coughs> 15 years, to Andres Tan, Andres Townsend he's had before, Tamari Gray, Benitez said himself, I, I've. I was watching him in the Bundesliga, keeping an eye on him. I felt as though there's more to come from him. And obviously the Rondon one signing, Rondon signing is a former Rafa Benitez player. So my question is, and and you know our two failings in this window is one, as Pricey said, not bringing in a player who definitively improves that 11. And two, not selling the players early enough to bring in the funds that Benitez would have needed. needed. Both of those jobs lie with Marcel Brands. Mm. We've just looked at, we were looking at some figures before we come on air. If you know Steve, uh, Steve Walsh versus Marcel Brands, and obviously the big diff, two, the marked difference in Steve Walsh is there was some very irresponsible spending on older players that we were never going to get that money back for. But the other thing is he's managed to he managed to bring in like eighty million in the time that he was there. Marcel Brands has bought in eight hundred grand since he's been in charge. So there's clearly a, a weakness there, you know, at an executive level to shift players and to make contacts with clubs who who we can kind of move players onto, even if it's on a an initial loan basis. We haven't even done that. To any... The problem is, though, it's the money you've brought the players in on. Uh, mm. Yeah, but we can't get rid of them because of that, because of the salary they come on. Yeah, but, but for that the... matter, you'd be better off, rather than keeping them, subsidising the yeah, exactly. wages from somewhere yeah. else. You're not, yeah. telling, you're not telling me that, like, a, whether it was a Hannes Rodriguez or something, and if he says he's on 250 grand a week, that if we said to a Porto or a Benfica, we'll pay 150 grand of that, we save 100 grand and then we, that, that, at least it's better, than, well, was, better than having yeah, a player who we're, yeah. we're not going to use. Exactly, the Moise Keane deal, I mean, must have, that, that, that would have been part of it, getting rid of it, getting a bit of a loan fee to start with and then with an obligation to buy at the end of it. Makes, it makes but sense. It, but even the Moise Keane deal, it, I, I, I find it hard to believe that there's not a player in that Juventus squad that we couldn't have prized yeah. at, off them that would have improved our, our team as well. Yeah. And what, what, what annoys me, and I've said it before, I think on the podcast is, they are Benita signings. Brand's job should be to have a list of players. Mm. Whereas if you go and need a, need a right back who's yeah. under five million, he's at least yeah. got options to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a few here. Rafa's that's a, what that's what you need to have is if you're a very director of football. Manager, yes. in yes. terms so of what's the point of having so Brands? Well, I know, but if you were Brands, wouldn't you be thinking, sack me, I'm, gonna, I'm about to quit. You haven't let me sign a player for about four years or something. No, he has. He signs a lot <laughs> yeah, of players. I think he signed so. a few players. Like yeah, but Ancelotti brought his own men in, didn't he? And Rafa's done the same. Well, the likes of Awobi and all that, and Bernard. I think the thing with Brands is he had a reputation for being able to find uncut gems from South America. And when you're working to a tight budget, that's a skill set that would be really valuable and useful. And he's not showing Yeah, but the personalities in Anchorty and Rafa. Yeah. No, but but you can do both. You can do both, can't you? You can give your manager, you can say to your manager, right here, here's a criteria that you can select from, but you can go and pick which player you want within that criteria. But you can also say, but by the way, I'm going to be buying under 23 players that that you can you know you can pick and choose yeah. from. So you look at our under twenty threes now, and and you know that's a different podcast altogether. But I know I know Brands has brought down the average age of the twenty threes. All he's done is got rid of the older ones or let their contracts run down and brought the sixteens and eighteens up. That's not <clears throat> any 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 decent you know academy coach in the country could have done that. Yeah. So look at it to to answer the question. I think I think he's completely right. Questions do need to be asked. 
there was a big job at the start of the summer and that was to get rid of some of those players, whether it was on the deal, the deals that Terry's describing there or whether it was on permanent deals. That's his job. That's his job to find clubs who need certain players, who've got a certain budget and to work out the deal that works for them and works for us and he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that until the 11th hour, even with our most sellable asset, which yeah. was Moise Keane. Makes you wonder what contacts he's got out there. What, what, what honest contact he's got that he can he can ring up and say we've got a player here because he doesn't seem to have any. No. He don't seem to be being able never to. Never seems to leave the country. I know it's COVID <laughs> and that, but I've never I've never like you know no offense, but even like Steve Walsh, he was a joker. Was was off like flying off all. He was probably on the air. Like do you know what I mean? At least he's going and making and, contact yeah. and meeting people and stuff. And yeah. it's like and the other side of the coin to Brands is that he has been left with a load of crap, and he so he has he has his job's been made even worse by the fact that the players that Walsh brought in. Under Mashiri's watch as well, so you've got to argue that point for him. But I still, mm. I still support. You. I still, what you've just said, I totally agree with. He's just not doing what he's paid to do. A little bit of positivity for for years now. Then we had two quite positive messages about the window from Blues. Sean Pugh said so. Anyway, this time in ten months, we'll be short shot of Delph, Tosson, Kenny, and the Icelandic fella whose name shall not be mentioned. Likely Hammers wages too. Only Coleman, Allen, Townsend, and Begovic will be over thirty. Hopefully then we can start putting the pasta barcodes behind us. This window, whilst it's been extremely frustrating, uh, was the first part of us getting back on track. And then we had another message from Peter who said, Wow, Evertonians, chill. Let's forget about the 500 million ground we've just started building, shall we? We fell short of signing backup fullbacks yesterday. That's all. I'm also sure the manager has ideas in place on how he can cover if Dean Dean Coleman were to get injured. No need for all the negativity Hope there won't, won't be too much on the show today. Yeah, no, and I, I, I think there's negativity per se. There's, there's a little bit of like, you know, it, it, every, every fan gets excited by the transfer window and the potential of bringing in new players, don't they? And, and Millsy was saying, you know, he used the words big names last week, which we, we laughed at him for. But, you know, I get what he's saying with that. In your transfer window, you just want to bring someone in who's just going to bring something fresh to the team and whatever. That didn't happen and that, that is slightly disappointing. I can't disagree with, with, with Sean's sentiments of like the fact that we are one window, if you like, away from getting shut of most of that dead wood and we've got a chance maybe for a clean slate. There is a bit of context on the stadium in the sense that the lending that we were hoping would be in place isn't in place yet. So Mashiri apparently has had to put down £150 million to start the work and also to secure the lease. So that's obviously has an impact on maybe some of that budget that could have been used. So... You know, they're both very, very relevant points and, and, and things we've got to just take on the chin as fans. And we've just got to hope maybe that, well, we have got to hope that, like I started my piece by saying, that Benitez can get the better of some of the players that, that maybe haven't shone and, and that maybe makes the squad stronger in that sense. And only time will tell. Right. But yeah, um, moving on, we're going we're gonna to touch on a week in history, which... Uh, Quite looking forward to this 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 week as usual get tethered a little bit again for, mm-hmm. for, for stuff that maybe didn't go as well as it sometimes does for you. Um, so we'll we will start with start you. With us. Obviously, because of the week in history being around the end of the transfer window, we're going to centre around previous transfer windows, which you know I thought our window was bad, but at least we didn't spend that money on dross. <laughs> um, so you're going to refer, I think, back to 2010-11, which was the. The infamous Roy Hodgson era. Yeah. And a window to forget. The one and only window that he had, thankfully. But um, I'll just rattle off some of these names to you, Terry, and just remind our listeners about the feelings that we had at the time. So, um, Jovanovic, Danny Wilson, Christian Poulsen, Brad Jones, Paul Koncheski, uh, there were some not too bad ones, John Joe Shelby, uh, Joe Cole, 
Raúl Morelish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I get eleven for doing that once a time. The other thing I want to say is, well, you and Dwayne soon not two bad ones. Anyone who does listen to the podcast knows that Phil is a massive fan of John Joe Shelby. Really I'm John Cole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. My my thoughts on them. I mean, just the feelings at the time. We we knew at the time it wasn't good enough, didn't we? Like, no. Look, it, there was a lot. The thing is, it, it was a bad time for Liverpool Football Club in general. You know. The infighting Rafa had with with all of the owners, the Hicks and Gillette fell out. You know, every single aspect of that club was dysfunctional. You know, wasn't wasn't right. And then I think it was that was when we had um, who was the fella who was Paisley, was it? Who was like the Christian came Paisley. in as like the CEO or whatever, or the managing director. And somehow the media talked Roy Hodgson into the Liverpool job. You know, like he deserves a shot at a big club. It's like well, yeah, he, he, doesn't, for cups, didn't he? he doesn't he didn't win well, it. I think they got to the final. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. deserve anything, you know. Like yeah. you, you don't just get a shot. Like you've got to, you've got, you've got to be a good fit. But <coughs> Paislow, you know, not a Liverpool fan, not even really a football man. You know, he was, a, he was just a businessman, and he, he basically allowed, allowed Roy Hodgson in the door. <laughs> and Hodgson came in, and every single aspect of him was wrong for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. And then he starts off, you know, in charge, and his first signings is the likes of. Uh, Poulsen, yeah. Poulsen, you know, Poulsen, <laughs> he moved like friggin' wet mud, didn't he? He was so slow. Molasses running uphill. Oh, he was absolutely <laughs> embarrassing. Um, Koncheski summed it up though for me when you signed yeah, Koncheski. God, Koncheski was just like, what's happened to us here? Never going to be a player, was he? What's happened? <laughs> what has happened to us, you know? So it was a pretty miserable winter, you know. The goalie, Brad Jones... Blaney ever being honest, you know, yeah. me and he never had, he was never ever gonna cut the mustard, you know. When, when he, every time I seen him when he played, it was sort of like, what's he about? He's... Do you know what, Jovanovic? I always forget about him, I always forget that we ever had him. <laughs> he was terrible as well. Up front well that's him. it, there's just the whole thing. I mean, I know there's a couple of <laughs> a couple there that you know that you mentioned, Joe Cole. Obviously, we know he's a boss player, you know, very, very talented player, but again. It almost felt like I was, I was, I was against that one because it felt like he was just sort of looking at it, going, "They're wounded, they're sort of, you know, struggling. They need a name, and I can go and get a payday there." That's what it yeah. felt like. Injuries were catching yes. up with them yes. at the time, weren't they? Big time, yeah. yeah. And it was almost like you know, Jack Wilshire. It just <laughs> it felt to me like a payday, almost like you know, I'll go there and yeah. So that one was was annoying. It turns out Morales was was he was actually a. You know, an half decent player. He he wasn't brilliant, but you know, he 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 filled a hole in the squad and in the team and yeah, he, he scored some, some decent goals for him. He scored yeah. important goal against Chelsea, was it? Yeah, yeah. So he, he, yeah, he, he did, did yeah. he did, he did. You know, he was a he was a feature and he was a useful player. Probably um, made the profit as well. We signed him for well, we signed him for eleven and a half. Yeah, I can't remember. Signed him for twenty. Yeah. But you know he was an all right sign, and so we can't can't grumble too much on that one. Um, but get one out of ten right, haven't you? The rest of that window, we, it was just. It was just a shambolic window. It was a shambolic start of the season. You know, we, we were, I think we were second bottom, weren't we, after a couple of games or whatever. And then. When did he get no sack November time, was it? Christmas time? Yeah. I remember Kenny Just after the derby, weren't it? When he said. It was the, the best, best performance. performance. I think he got, <laughs> he got 12 games or something like that. He got. Kenny signings with the January ones so before Christmas or New Year. Yeah, it was. I think it was November. I think it was around November. Was Aquilani before then? Or was he. Yeah, that Benitez, was Benitez was, was yeah, after yeah. Alonso went and then Aquilani came in. We signed so him injured, didn't he? Benitez money, pricey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, you know, pretty pretty dark window in 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 terms of being a Liverpool fan when you're looking back on that one and yeah. dark times for the club. 
you know, for all of the, the, the moaning about FSG, you know, you look back at that time as a Liverpool fan and you should be counting your blessings, you know, because we've won everything in, since then, you know what I mean? We've seen yeah. some of the best football we've seen. We've got, I would say, the best manager in world football. That's so million net spend. So, like you know, really, the ground's got better, you know, you know, FSG have made mistakes. Price, you know, they have made that's, mistakes. That's the model. You look, you look back on that time, and and you know it's night and day, isn't it? Where we, we are now. Stadium down, no, thankfully. So that that's that was a good thing for me. Well, oh. <coughs> new stadium. I just say FSG. They didn't look our stadiums down. I'm happy with that. It's our stadium, that Phil. Yeah, we were just uh, moving on. Um, yeah, so to our pricey, similar similar window, you've got some some details on the players in and out. Yeah, so it was uh, 2013 summer, Martinez's first uh, season. So we brought in Kone, Alcaraz, Joel Robles, or Robles, Delefeu, McCarthy, Lukaku and Barry. Quite good signings there. Good window, that window yeah. Now, it was a really good, good window. Good window, yeah. We lost Anachibi, Fellaini and Yamucha. We probably yeah. weren't far off Go- balancing the books either. Austrian really? goalie. Yeah, because I think Fellaini was a bit of a Fellaini same price. was twenty seven and a half million. And that's pretty much what you paid for Lukaku, isn't it? Uh Lukaku was, this was the loan, Lukaku. Oh, okay. Uh, Barry was on loan. McCarthy thirteen. Kone five and uh, Robles four and a half. Everyone else was a loan or free. Yeah, it, obviously uh, I think the, the players he brought in again, with the exception of Lukaku were all players that, that he that he knew Ernie and probably Jan Jan Mucher as well. Yeah. Um Gareth Barry. Just let's just stop on Gareth Barry for a bit. What a sign and that ends up being like. Brilliant. They talked about Joe Cole coming to the twilight of his career and maybe coming for a payday. There would have been sections of our fans that would have been thinking the same, but what a pro. Oh, he was brilliant, Barry. Him and McCarthy, that first season when they played together, one of the best centre midfielders I've yeah. seen ever and have. They were brilliant He'd together. He'd drop into left back, wouldn't he? McCarthy yeah. dropped into right <laughs> back, the two full backs of Bomb on. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. And he brought in, obviously, uh, bringing in Lukaku was like. Something where he's had wanted for years, wasn't he? Just yeah. a, 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 a good centre forward, a target man up front. I know you're a big fan of Kona, you weren't, yeah, before he came. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'd, yeah, bit of a weird one. I, I can't, I wouldn't even remember him, you know, if you, you said like name all the players in that area, era, I wouldn't have even remembered Kona. Um, it's it's Naismith you're thinking of, who was a big fan of. Um, <laughs> well, but Kona done well, I remember we played yeah. um, Wigan away. And he bullied Jagielka, or, or he bullied, whoever playing centre back yeah, was that yeah. day. He bullied them, and he was brilliant. And when we signed him, I must admit I was happy with him when we when we signed him, especially for you know. He was, he was, he was quite versatile yeah. as well, when he? you could put him out wide. You can yeah. obviously put him. He didn't have a chance to play up top because talk about robustness. Lukaku hardly ever got injured. No. He, he would, you know, he'd kick him all day, and he'd come back bouncing. So um, he didn't really probably get a chance did he to play up front much, which is probably where he wanted to play, but. Um, no, it was a good side. That yeah, it was. was a good side. Delafeo on his day. I mean, I compared um, Gray to Delafeo after that that first yeah. game. It was a Delafeo type goal that he scored against Leeds, and yeah. he is very similar, isn't he? Like he had so many attributes. He could strike a really good ball, yeah. really good dribbler, quick. But he just, just got let down by inconsistency. Inconsistent and not being able to. He was. Un, he just seemed unfit all the time. Yeah. Probably because of the amount of sprints he put in, in in the game, but he could never. If he needed him to track back at any point, he couldn't do it. Or if he could do it, he was he was goose for next. And 10, that was part of almost the flaws of Martinez, wasn't he? He, he would allow yeah. attacking players to do that, and it was okay when you had Barry and McCarthy. But then when we kind of when they moved on, yeah. that was kind of the struggle. That was his downfall, wasn't it, Martinez? Yeah. He never he was never able to find that balance. No. Um, 
No, interesting window. I mean, let's touch on Fellaini because I got asked to do uh, for Toffee TV, you know, my my best Everton 11 in my time. And I think I, I put Fellaini on the bench as mm. someone to come on and kind of, because he could play anywhere in that midfield. He could play defensively if you were under the cosh. You could throw in there, throw him in there and he caused problems. He has a patch for us where he was unplayable, I thought. Yeah. He was, he was brilliant. More, he more was, advanced as well. He could play. He could play as a ten sometimes. Believe it or not. He was effective, but outside looking in, like he was a on. horrendous player. No, to honestly, watch. let me. No way, show, I used to watch him and think. Let me no, show you some clips in a minute. It was we talked. We spoke about. I think about when our week in history a few weeks ago. We played Man United at Goodison on like a, yeah. a Wednesday night, and me and Pricey watched the highlights back. And we remember that he was a horrible player to watch early on. It was like he's not even footballer. Used to get booked all the time. It was like. But listen, uh, I. The ball no. used to come to his chest and it would stick to his chest, wouldn't it? Literally, yeah. a draw, like, like. I remember he has a brilliant game against us. It was Stanton Lee. We hate you, wasn't it? Yeah, Remember we played him in the Champions League? It's probably why they signed him. Yeah, it's anyone who has a good, te- a good game against Liverpool, they signed him. No, no, we played against Lee and he, he yeah. played well against us. He was as well. a good player. He was a, he was a good player, Mafalini. Not having any been a good player. I think he no, was. he was. A, yeah, he was. A, like he was a good player. He was effective. But I, I just mean like every time I watched him, I used to think, "Oh, you're horrible to watch." You. He's a horrible <laughs> player to watch. But he was horrible to play against. That's yeah, why yeah. You'd, you'd never want, and that's the thing. Like, you know the way you've got you've got a style of player that you like watching, or like a position that you like watching and stuff. Yeah. He was everything that I don't like watching. Just like a, oh. I get that. Like, yeah, exactly. um, but but no, he was an effective player. Like definitely. Uh, you know, to be moved on. Obviously, it was it was kind of he was always just on the periphery, was he? Yeah. Never really got there because of injuries. I remember the the game uh, away at um, I was in the in the Europa League scored scored one or two. It was in Germany scored a really important goal in it, and it was like we had the whole it's not Stuttgart. We had the whole end. Um, Nuremberg. Oh yeah. We beat Nuremberg three 0 away in the Europa League, and we had like a daft amount of supporters there because it was like a German. <laughs> German, you know, Jones for for most Everton yeah. fans, and it, it was it was a decent goal, but yeah, again, he, he was a he never really hit the heights in his career altogether. He, no. he had so many attributes. You know, you look at Lukaku, and I think he if he to stay fit and and work on his game, he could have been that type of player, but. That type of player, yeah. Never good. <laughs> you know, the quality. But he was, he was. Comparison. He um, <laughs> he was a good sub to bring on at one stage. Proper good sub to bring on. I remember he used to come on and be effective when he used to come on off the bench every now and again. But boss season that though the uh, the thirteen fourteen season. Yeah, it was one of, one of the best seasons. That. I think we finished sixth that season, didn't we? But it was one of our highest totals, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 fifth or sixth. Yeah, fifth we were, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, moving on. We're just gonna we're gonna cover briefly the, the the reviews of the last two games. So we're gonna start with. Brighton away. It seems like ages ago, because you know, yeah. it was like a bank holiday weekend as well. But looking at you know before the game, and you know me and Millsy previewed it last week. I think we both predicted two one. I was expecting a tough game. They, although they hadn't, they'd had a fairly easy start to the season on paper. You know, they six points from six. Um, you know, the the ends of the season quite well. Brighton did the under under Potter, and obviously for large periods of the summer, we thought he was going to be our manager, and we kind of almost warm to that a little bit from the way that they plays and the way they approach games. In the end, it was a fairly routine victory, wasn't it? And they didn't really cause us that many problems. Not really. I think it was the way we set up. We set up well against them, knowing that they wanted the ball. I think we just we just tucked in. We looked solid. We kept our shape. And then we tried to counter them. Um, Takore and Alan in midfield, we spoke about them before, but Takore in particular was... His runs that he was making, uh, going on beyond, beyond, which he hasn't, he didn't do last season. If he'd done it last season, it was once or twice. But that's, that's been how he's being it's used this season. It? Yeah, yeah, and he, he looked good doing it as well. Um, but then to midfield, and I just thought it was it was a solid, 
I mean, I said before, I don't think we were brilliant in terms of performance-wise on the ball or whatever, but it was a good solid away performance. Um, we looked comfortable all the way through, especially last half an hour. We just looked really comfortable there. I don't think they even looked like they were going to score. Yeah, someone said to me, I think I can't remember who it was, a Liverpool fan who was, who was speaking to me after that game, and they just said, that's what you'll get from Benitez. You go 1-0 up, your team will manage the game, and, yeah. and you, you'll have a lot more, like, you'll have so many more comfortable games where you feel as though once you're 1-0 up, you never be troubles. And I, I, I kind of couldn't disagree with that notion. I thought they started quite well, Brighton, and they did put a lot of pressure on us, but once we scored... It looked as though we were never going to endanger the. No, I don't think so. Points. No, and yeah, I was expecting them to come out second half. I think I remember one shot where maybe off a free kick, pick for saves, yeah, yeah, and one went over the bar. But they come out in the second half and they didn't really. I mean, if you were a Brighton fan, you would have been disappointed that they didn't have more of a goal. Mm. But as you say, I think it's just the way we set up, and if that's what what, what you're going to get from Benitez, then I'll take that if it gets the. the I, I thought we should have. I should have. I thought we should have got three <coughs> in the end. We had chances yeah. to, to to put it away, and yeah. again, I, I'm not. I don't mean to be, you know. Criticals, there's no reason to be, but I, th- I thought Calvert-Lewin should have had another um, from open play where it was a really good move. I think Alan back heels it to him and it, it's just like he's happy to hit the target and that was what I was talking well, about last you, week. Just before you go too harsh on, um, on Calvert-Lewin, we had a message from Aaron who said, good morning, I felt the need to message in as for a while, I'm not sure Calvert-Lewin's had enough credit and at times has been heavily criticised on the show. Watching him sure. yesterday and using him as a target man from range to start transitions when we're being counter-pressed, He's got such a range in his game with the ability to head, chest down to a team, make like a target man, and then immediately make off-ball runs to be a box poacher. Not only that, but he's 3-3, three and three, so hopefully I'm going to hear some positive reports on him this week. All the best. Yeah, look, at, 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 we said it last week, and uh, I'll, I'll retain it. No one's disappointed with Calvert-Lewin, and, and, and we're happy to have him. You know, when there was rumours of, of us selling him, it was like, no, we, we don't want to see him go. We, we'd find it hard to replace him. When you've got top club clubs that are, you know, Interested in one of your strikers, you know, for 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 big fees, it's not, it's not because he's not very good or because there's loads of strikers around like him. I agree with um the listener. I think you know he's got so many attributes that we would find hard to replace. And you know we're talking about Rondon that we brought in, and and it's like it's underwhelming because we've got a very very good centre forward there. Um, it's just you know fortunately for us we managed that game really well, but those types of score lines one nils two nils. You need to be beating teams three and four when you're playing that well. And, and in order to beat teams three or four, we need our, our striker and we need Calvert-Lewin to be putting those chances away. He's going to get... And this is this is the thing now. And, and he's obviously... you know He's got three, three goals. He's got three goals. Three and three, yeah. But two of them are pens. So yeah. it's like... He, has, he didn't take the pens last year. So And I'm not saying it doesn't make it... I'm not saying it makes it less of a goal, but I think sometimes the charts are tainted, aren't they? When you've got Salah who takes all your pens and you've got Kane who takes... There's no coincidence that they're always up there for that reason. And I think you can be critical of players that you actually like more because yeah. you know that he can he can go up to that next level if he just yeah. t- takes them chances. So it's not because... I mean, I haven't, I've never criticised them on here. I'm not sure we heavily criticise no, them no, either. Yeah. But I think the reason why we are critical, if we are, is because, it's because we like him and because we know how good he is and how good he can be. If he just took those chances... And be, was a little bit more clinical. He could go to the next level again, yeah. and that I think that's why that's why that's we're like the elite level. Exactly, I feel and like some, sometimes he just plays within himself slightly when it comes to that that like that final ball. And what I mean by that is he, he's happy to hit the target when at sooner sometimes he, he missed the target a couple of times, but he's going for that top corner. 
because I think he, he would playing percentages. He would, yeah. yeah, he's playing percentages, and, and you know there's a there's a there's a very solid argument that if you are getting players in around, and look, he might be getting told to do that. So yeah, because he might wasn't really it. as prolific at first. Maybe what's made him more prolific is switching. To is that, that percentages? Uh, yeah, you know, maybe. And as I say, it it's not like Christy said. It's not us being critical. It, it, he's he set standards now, and he's also shown how quickly he can learn and develop. Yeah. And the next phase of development for him is just taking those chances that are more like half chances do you know what I mean yeah. and I don't think he takes the, I can't remember the last time really and this is this is probably where I'll finish it I can't remember the last time I seen him score a goal you're like wow what, what a finish that was I didn't think he could finish that he scores the chances that you expect him to score and those chances where you know there's a chance of him missing or just testing the keeper he just does that doesn't he and obviously there's a skill to be there f- to make them chances of easy course. isn't it yeah, but, yeah. He's, he's in a, but speaking of pens obviously he took the pens and what, I'm just interested to know what yeah, you think course. about Richarlison grabbing the ball is that for you is that two players who are confident who both want to take it and you like to see it or is it the opposite is it come on you know you, there's a pen taker there you need to know that he's the pen taker you need to support him and not put pressure on him yeah he's a big baby isn't he when it comes to stuff like that and, and um, there's no I've got to be careful I'll say this because you know it might come across the wrong way. I feel as though he's not all there. Do you know what I mean? It, like the way that he behaved in that phase of play, like yeah, he, he had the worst strap ever. He looked like he was gonna punch someone. He, he you know, he's head butted Gilfie Sigurdsson before over a penalty, hadn't he? Or mm. put his head Clear to his head. Him, yeah. And then two minutes later, he's running away, celebrating and laughing and stuff. It's a bit like I don't get that how he can be so. South American, yeah, but it's 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 weird. It's a, it's a strange one to like. It's strange to put pressure, especially if you've been told before the game. And he said after the game, he's waited for years for it to be his turn. But it, well, it's still not his turn. So, so he yeah. And what he says was very clear. Very clear that Carvalhoen takes the pens. And he also said, and maybe this was somehow lost in translation. He said that the deal was if you get two pens in a yeah. game, he takes the second penalty. Yeah. If there's been another penalty yeah. in the game already, so maybe. Richarlison thought, oh, there was a pen last game, so it means it's my turn. No, it's a mad that, approach. Well, yeah, well, I find that to be a mad approach. No, especially if he's already scored on, surely he's thinking, <laughs> I'm scoring again, another one. But what he was, what he was, I think what he was saying was that there's not much between them in terms of yeah. when we've done it in training, but you know, we feel at the moment that he's edging it, but we also want both of our strikers to be getting scored. their chance to score. And, and and we've seen it before, haven't we, when, when Richarlison or, or another player, for that matter, He's taking the line, like he does seem to get a cob on, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he doesn't like it, and, does and, he? And, and I think I think in this instance it's not actually Calvert Lewin. I think it's great that he's a little bit jealous yeah. of the fact that he scored two really yeah. good goals from open play. I mean that goal he scored, a touch on that one before we move on. The first goal Gray scored, he's pretty much done it himself, hasn't he? It's been a while since Richardson yeah. scored that type of goal where he picked it up from deep, went past a couple of players and put it in the bottom corner. Yeah. So I don't know if it's him thinking, Well, hold on, someone else has come in and now is, is also yeah. taking the limelight. So what I did like about the pen situation was that Townsend was the one who was who was standing up. We haven't had a player. I mean Coleman as well as the captain. Yeah. But everyone else just shaped and just, just turned away. Alan to a certain point, but I, I just love the fact that Townsend was he hasn't been in the squad long and he stood up and he said, No, hang on. He, he was the one who pushed it with this is Charleston to get yeah. the ball off and give it to him. And yeah. I, I think that if there's any other reason why Townsend's in the squad, if he's bringing that type of personality to the squad, then fair play. What no. I was gonna what I was gonna say is you're saying that mentality is in with Charleston. Been interesting. Want to see how Benitez deals with because he's not known 
for his man management in that way? Is he like arm around well, players and stuff? He likes a bit of an arse in the team, no? You no, know, like oh, no, I think he does. he does. I think he does. But at the same time, if Richardson's that type of player who needs love, you know, like that sort oh, of no, arm rounds and a, and a Molly a Molly you Coughlin. Say, you say that though. I, I, I know what you get. No, I know what you're getting at. But let me just. It's not on Richardson. He made a comment about Gray the other day where he said, "I spoke to a lot of people before we signed him, and I was told, you know." That he needs love and he needs to be kind of told. He needs to be given his expectations, but he needs an arm round. We need love, and that's what we're trying to give him. We're giving him confidence, and we've done all that with him. But now he needs to show, you know, show that repay that faith. So yeah, we well, can say that though. But maybe as learned, maybe because like, we've heard it from a lot of Liverpool fan, uh, players in books and stuff, haven't we? And, and that conversations that. He's he's a he's a bit of, he's been in the past anyway. Yeah, a little cold, yeah. you know, in terms yeah. of yeah, I've heard that as well. Just ask about your family, how you are. He's very or, very uh, sort of business like, you know, in yeah. in terms of and and you know, Gerard has a, not a fragility about him, but he wanted to feel loved, you know, like we had Sammy Lee doing it though, didn't we? And I think that's but why it, it worked for us. Did, so what, have you got a second hand? Ferguson, Kevin Ferguson is probably the person who yeah. kind of probably yeah. probably spends a bit more Sorry time one speaking to, of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Proper, like muscly, muscly. Um, but no, I mean the, the way that he spoke to us suggested there's there's the slight change in tact. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. just for this job. Maybe how much he's gone on about the spirit and about the players like working with each other and stuff like that. And so it's, I don't know. It might just be a you know show showing face or whatever. But. Um, Anyway, come 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 back to the Charleston. Yeah, it, it, it's not something we haven't seen before. But like you say, Pricey, I think it's a really good. I think I think I, think, I didn't mention that really in the signings, but I think what you can say about the players he's brought in, they all seem like good pros, don't they? You know, even Gray, who maybe has lacked consistency, hasn't looked like a player who shies away from work rate, hasn't looked like a player who has a cob on. He seems to have took things. You know, obviously things are going quite well for him at the moment, but it doesn't seem like the type of player who's going to upset the dressing room. Townsend seems like a good pro and a person who said the right things. Mm. Begovic is obviously Begovic and Ron's on it. I think hasn't got that type of reputation to upset the apple cart. So I think if, like you say, if we have brought players in who maybe don't necessarily improve the quality of the team, but if they're improving the mentality and the, the attitude in the training ground, that, that can only be a positive kind yeah, of. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay, well, moving on. It was a, it was a, a massive game, really, I suppose, even early mm. on the season. You did bill it as, as an opportunity to maybe yeah. someone to... To, to put their you know put their mark on on the league and um you know Chelsea arguably started quite well if you like but you know the sending off the penalty changed things one one how he's feeling about the the outcome and, and how the game well, plays out I think the first twenty minutes it was a it was a pretty good game for the neutral yeah. wasn't it? it was quite back and forth but I, you know I thought we were on top yeah. I thought we were playing the better stuff um and you know and then the penalties come. Sorry, their goals come, which and it was weird because it was all. I still haven't seen it back, but to me it was. I wouldn't say a fluke goal, but it looked like a disappointing goal to to concede. It was it's a softer. Yeah, it's it like soft, the, the yeah. corner comes in like it comes in quite flat, doesn't it? And then Havertz sort of like flicks it, which I don't think anyone's really paying attention to him because where he is on the edge of the box, he doesn't really look like he's in a threatening position, yeah. you know. But the way it sort of flicks off off his head, it's like it picks pace up. I said to, on the instant match reaction, I was disappointed that Allison was beaten by it, but in the I, I think you can defend it be probably being a little bit like sort of what's the word like um, unsighted. There was a lot of players in between the ball and and him. But on the cop, it almost looked like he went through his hands, like it was right over it his was head. Quick, yeah, but that's it. He was, he was on his line. It was like he bends backwards and it sort of. But 
I think it comes at him very quickly, and he, he probably is a little bit unsighted. I still probably would have expected him to do a bit better, in, in, in all honesty. How far out was in the end? Sort of like edge of the area. But not come at you quick from the edge of the area. But it does though. It's it's not like it's not it's not a type of edge where it's like he's making a run towards him and it's like, you know, mm. it's a weird sort of flat delivery and he sort of like flicks it off his head and it and it picks pace up. You know, oh, it's weird. Yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a bit of keeps it going the way it was going all Yeah, it's a bit of, of it's a bit of a strange one. Mm. Um but but then Terry, they went defensive right there and then, didn't he? Like it didn't take them to go down to ten men and I was looking at their shape and, and looking at us, knocking at about and looking for runs and, and all that. I was thinking, this is going to be tough, this now, this is going to be really tough. Like, they're not European champions for nothing. They went very good defensively under Tuchel last season um, after Lampard went. And I was thinking, I was looking at their shape and just going, I can, I can see why. Yeah, obviously, they've got Kante running everywhere and all that. So then, when they did go down to 10 men, I thought, I didn't think, yes, like, this is going to be easy now. I thought, this is going to be worse. It's going yeah, to be worse. I mean, so... You know, we know that they're a very organised side under Tuchel and they've got high quality players, haven't they? Yeah. You know, and you said it there, I think the first 20 minutes it was a very good game, you know, in terms of two teams that, you know, confident in themselves and basically confident having the ball, you know, and both <laughs> basically going at it. I don't think it, it wasn't like a game of chess, but, you know, it was it, two teams sort of counting each other, but yeah. I thought we had the better of it. But when we did, when they did go, obviously, a man's arm. I agree. It's like when sorry when they went one 0 up. I thought like you, it's going to be a tough game because all of a sudden they've got the players to be able to hit you on the counter. They have got Lukaku, yeah. you know, who can they can break a pace. They can bang a ball up to him. He can hold it up and bring their sort of inside forwards then, habits yeah. and stuff into play. So it you know it did start to look like it was a game that was set up for them. You know mm -hmm. to sort of just counter us, and we're going to have to work out their backline, which. You know, with all due respect, our forwards haven't been great at doing all even last season. You know, them them sort of like really organised defensive shapes and stuff. So I did think, you know, it was going to be a tough game and, and that is how it panned out. Even as you say, before they had the man sent off. Mm. Once they had the man sent off, it, it it then became even harder because they they didn't really show a lot they of ambition. Didn't commit nothing after that, did they? And they brought on the likes of like Kovacevic and um, <coughs> Thiago Silva. Kovacic, Thiago Kovacic, yeah, that's it. Um, and, Thiago and Thiago Silva. Silva. So they, they sort of stiffened it up, you know, yeah. like in as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it did it did turn out to be a, a you know a tough game. But that being said, the first twenty minutes of the second half, I thought these are gonna we're gonna get oh, one here. There was wave after wave. Everything was coming from wide though, and I was thinking. I just look, I'm looking at it visually from above. I, I'm looking at it going, there's a hole in the middle. There's no one there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know where Jota was, but there didn't seem to be anyone in, in the middle to me. And it was just like, who are we whipping this into? Like, I know there was wave after wave and stuff, but there didn't seem to be a focal point for Liverpool. And, um, is, that, is that not being like a, just how it's been for a long time though? No. I'm not saying like, I'm not being critical here because you haven't really acquired it because you started a play, but in those situations... Has that not just been something that your squad's needed? Someone just to kind of like... Let's call it... For that situation, it's kind of like a big man what you need, isn't it? I think, um, I, I just, I think it's, that's where you need a 10. Like a, a 10 who can yeah. score, who can hit it from outside Maybe the box and stuff. We actually took a few shots from outside the box, which is unusual for us. We don't normally do that, but... We had to, We it? did hit a few at Mendy. Man's like it's a nice one to play that deep, yeah. Well, did you remember that phase of play where I think Anderson had a volley opportunity? It was just like amazing... Broke down the pitch, Trent put it in from the right wing and it went all the way over to the left corner and Anderson on the volley probably 
does his own better, but yeah, and then you know, but what I think it actually takes Terry when you've got a team like that, you've either got to bring them out, suck them on to you a little bit, and they were having none of it. So for me, then it's like it's either a big man who's going to bring it down for me, or it's like flicks, it's one twos, back heels in the box, which you know, well, it's what we, what we always say, isn't it? It's what City do, it's how do they get behind tough lines, they basically pull their wingers so far out, yeah, and they overload and cut balls back into it. A congested box with midfielders who were arriving, you know, yeah, it's like coaches. we never do that, no, and we've never done it, and like which is weird. But our, our strikers cut in, they play on the opposite well, exactly, mm. well, exactly. Yeah. But so, surely you could try other stuff though, you know, you switch them then and say to Sally, you stay on your left side, and Marnie stay on Man, your right he does side. Do a bit of that. He does get past and then, yeah, I thought in. he was disappointing though, if I'm honest, against Chelsea. I don't, I don't I don't know if it's just me, I'm got somehow a bias to Marnie, but I thought he was getting it. He looked quite strong and he was going beyond yeah, the man. He always looked strong and goes beyond the man, but then there was no end product. There was no end product. There was nothing. No, because he wasn't even finding like balls and passes into the box or bringing players in. It was almost like he was charging down the line into the corner and then getting his head up and sort of going, I don't know where I'm going here. And then the ball gets recycled back. Just gets recycled back. Yeah, he normally lays it back to Andy Robbo. So, but but I actually thought him and Robertson. I don't think the I I didn't think they were I don't know whether it's because Robertson's been injured and stuff like that. In tune. I, it didn't feel like that side was in tune. Yeah, that's the right the right phrase. It was disappointing, I thought, and it I was I wasn't surprised to see it get changed. You know what I mean? And 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 Robertson basically come off. It was it just wasn't working. I I, I didn't think as well as it normally would. Yeah. Um. I actually thought Harvey Elliott had another good game. I thought he was our liveliest player. He was someone who was trying to do one twos and you know. He'll beat his man and yeah. commit another man and try and bring someone, you know, tease a tease a player out there boxing open open up a gap. But it sort of felt like there was no one else was sort of on his wavelength. Well, on that, like, and I know you've got a slightly different opinion that I don't actually disagree with, but Thiago comes on. Yeah. And the positive thing that Thiago brings is he'll drop the shoulder, use the outside of his right foot to go past the man, and then he's taking someone out, which is a good thing to do when they're congesting the, the centre of the pitch, which he does do a bit of that of, and, and he is quite likely to bounce a ball off Elliot or someone, but you actually thought he slowed down the play, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. <coughs> I thought he came on. You know, we were, we'd had that waves and waves of pressure that first 20 minutes of the, of the second half, and then we change it, and I felt like the life went out of us. You know, like, we literally, it was almost like we, we'd sort of gone, momentum, we're bringing yeah. on a controller, someone who's just going to keep the ball and move it around slow, as opposed to we're going seriously looking for the second goal. <coughs> You're saying he'll he'll beat a man and stuff. He can beat a man with a pass. No, and he'll he'll drop a... he'll drop a shoulder and sort of open up an angle for a pass though. I think he takes. He doesn't walk past players. I think he does. I think no, he does the same thing. He sort of like shimmies to the left, goes to the right, and just takes. He doesn't drive no, I, past I, players. I, I was gonna say. I think what it is is he goes whatever direction. If he goes to his right or whatever, I think the player generally who's up against him goes okay. I'll let you go that way now because you're going down a tunnel, and it's like. I think in Spain, and 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 the way that certain teams play or whatever, it it can be more effective because other players come around you at that point and try and combine with you when you're just on your own wavelength. Because it seems like he's in his own little kind of world when he's doing that, and none of the other players seem to be again in tune with what he's trying to do. It feels like he's a city player in yeah. a way, you yeah, know, yeah. in terms of like he's got all of these little technical like boss feet sort of around him, and it's like. I'll open an angle and give it to you, pop it off, you pop it off, someone else will pop it off, and we're all moving in these little sort of intricate... But you know, the distances sort of, on you are bigger. It's you different. Play yeah, bigger we distance play different, and I feel like it slows us down because he gets the ball, and he'll open an angle up and all that, but then 
is that he's looking and looking because he's having to recheck all of them yeah, distances yeah. all the time. You know, it's like it's not natural, like and, and well, it's not a tick yeah. attacker style. But I think feel that that's what he's used to, and that's what he he, he would probably he do best in. the pitch with his is is like I think he asks of Mane and Salah. I'm going to put this in front of you. But there was no ask there against Chelsea because they were so he deep. Was so deep, yeah. so no it's like there. so that's what I'm saying. That is not the right position to bring on. I don't think when you're trying to break down a packed defense, there's no space in behind for you to find them. You know, clip balls over the top or them little real cute diagonals and all that. It's more about can I commit a man or can I pick this shot up and bang it in from twenty five yards? In all, in all honesty, I know we, you're laughing all that, but it's the type of thing Coutinho would do very well, isn't course, it? Yeah. In that position against a team like that, he it's will play on the edge of the area if he's on, if he's on, on form on and 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 playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I felt it slowed us down. I felt like the energy went out of the attack and stuff, and I'm, I, I didn't really think it was the right the right changes to make it. It didn't. It, it didn't fill me with confidence where I thought we we're gonna go and win this game. Now I, I felt like our level dropped off, and we did sort of almost look like a team that was sort of going, okay, we'll take the draw here, you know, keep control of the ball and stuff. And you know, I want to see the best of Thiago this season. You know, in the early part of last season before he got injured in the derby, I thought he was looking like a good player. But... One up, Liverpool got one up. Thiago's your dream player. But maybe maybe chasing it, he's not the man to bring I it up. I, yeah, and we weren't chasing it, we were level, but I don't I, I just didn't well, see it as a game changing yeah. sub, you know what I mean? And maybe it would have been different if Firmino would have stayed on the pitch and we would have brought a jotter on. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But obviously Firmino got injured, so yeah. it, you've got to play with the options you've got. But I, I don't know. I'm still looking at it and that's probably what I was saying before. I'm still looking at it thinking that that other option, that plan B, that midfield sort of I've heard a lot of people saying the Chelsea game is the perfect example of why we need to sign someone, but like it's, it, you can play Bailey and you put every man behind the ball and it's hard to score like Chelsea doing it I don't care who's on the pitch it's, it's, it's very yeah, it's not very, gonna, very it's difficult. not going to be easy but I'm like, yeah it'd be lovely if we had Coutinho to bring on in for, for them situations but Coutinho I mean I don't know do you think do you, th- do you think it one of the other teams you were talking about like say Man United Man City um, do you think they'd have been able to uh, it's obviously a very difficult hypothetical question and you know you're saying Chelsea did defend well, very well. Do you think there was Man a... United prior to Ronaldo? Oh no, I wouldn't have thought that. City using what Teddy's saying there, get to the byline, lash it across the box and then formally they've got a Guerrero or a poach like that to put it in. But, but you've also at United you've got Fernandez as well, haven't you? Who's got that outside of the you know, he can shoot from anywhere. I'm not saying you haven't got players who can shoot from outside the area, but there's dimensions they've got and I feel that other teams in the in the league I've got at the moment that maybe might just leave you a bit short as the you know, over the stretch. It is that alternative option. Chelsea have got different ways of playing now, haven't they? With Lukaku, they've got a big target, man. You know, they've got they've got the mountain habits to play in between. To play lines. off him, yeah. You know, they, they've, they've still they've still got you know Hudson Odoi in there. You can go and play wide and hug the touchline. And yeah, they've got the other lads. You know, the lad they signed last year. I can't even think of his name. Not the one we were linked with. No, well, no. they got Pulisic yeah, as well. Pulisic and um, Ziyech. No, Ziyech as well as another one. Who's the striker that they signed? Who we were linked? Oh yeah, um, of course. Werner. Yeah, Werner. Werner, Werner. 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 You know, and he plays off the left hand side. So I mean, they'll play your list there. It's daft. It is like, but they can only play two of them. I know, but they're all very different, aren't they? The options in it. That's it. Well. There's variation in that attack, isn't it? They're all wide forwards, apart from Lukaku. But they're all Z- wide no, ZX is direct, like goes and beats a player, gets round, gets crosses in, as is Hudson Adoy. Whereas you've got Havertz and Mount, who they prefer at the moment, who play in between uh, the yeah. lines. I was thinking Werner, Havertz, Mount, they're kind of wide forwards. Kulosic is pace as well. He's a proper winger, isn't he? And that's the thing, I think there is variation more so in their attacks. But 
I think, you know, I've said it last season, I think there's potential for variation in ours. We just don't explore it. We don't change it, ever. You know, it's Mane left, Salah right, and that's it. It's a, oh, And then... We switch. Oh, they don't very rarely. We play Salah as a nine now and again. And we've had to play Mane as a nine when injuries have caused it. And it well, works. Yeah. So, last season we went 4-2-4 in the big game, some of the big games, City. It's like weird, it. isn't it? Yeah. And I, I don't think we explore it enough. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that we definitely need to rip the rule book up and do something different in every game or no, whatever. Because but... we've got record points with this, you know, twice. And, and even last season, the, th- the first third and the final third, doing what we do. I just, I just feel it's ever worked in our history. Yeah, but it stopped working against teams that dig in and are organised a long time ago. And I don't think we've really ever got. When was the last time we smashed a team four or five nil playing the way we play? It's a long time ago. It's like it, 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 it just, you know, it was really the title winning season. It had already started to look a bit like stale. You remember the, like the, the back yeah. end the, after the turn of the yeah, year? Yeah. And then we went through all the last season where, you know, just like this is horrible. This we're flogging a dead horse, and the same same thing against organised, tight knit defences. Because our our best players, Mane and Salah, need the space to run into, and if a team takes it away from us, there's, there's not yeah. Much. So you know maybe that is was. It, is it, so is it one point gain though, or would you say it's two points? Or no. is it just no? Um, it's not two points. It's not two points drops because I don't I don't look at it and think that we you know we deserve. I don't think we can really say we fully deserved to basically walk away the victor in that game. I thought. A draw was probably a fair result. Um, we haven't even spoke about the refereeing or like the the red cards. Obviously, Chelsea see that as a really controversial, you know, refereeing decision. I think the penalty, it's a definite penalty. No yeah, two ways about it. I can't understand why it gets referred to the screen anyway. I think the double jeopardy thing of like a red card as well is harsh. If I'm honest, that's the rule though. I know, but they changed Matthew, it. Do you think it's harsh? Well, yeah, but they changed. They've changed that, haven't they? In, in, it used what? to be if it's if it's a penalty. You don't get sent off as well because it's like double jeopardy. Yeah. But they don't do the, they don't if it's a keeper, do they now? It's like the, you only get the penalty. It's not the keeper getting sent off on a penalty. Something it's got changed. The Something got changed. I I just think it's 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 slightly harsh. Effectively ends the game, doesn't it? But um, yeah, it ends that game. But you know, quite ten seconds on it. Anthony Taylor was an absolute shambles. That's one of the worst refereeing. Performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And it, due to the inconsistency, the way, as I said on the, the post match, everything against us, he just completely let it go. Everything. Yeah. And every tiny thing for them pulled up. But what, what, there was a, what was that stat that got sent the other day? What some, someone oh, yeah. sent in the group? And it's it's actually really, really interesting stat where you're like. It's damning, isn't it? You're like, yeah, how's he you're like away I, with that I, without I, it being investigated? Yeah, I'll try and find it because. Mills, you'll be loving this. Oh, here we go again. Uh, I don't know where it is now. I'll have to, I, I'll have to try and find it. Oh, yeah. So, I'll read it out because it's, it's actually really interesting. So, obviously, Chelsea fuming about the red card. Um, after the incident, Taylor subsequently gave Liverpool precisely no free kicks, which is a remarkable statistic, allowing for the, even for the new directors to let the game flow and gave Chelsea, given Chelsea attempted 30 tackles over the course of the game. So, we got no free kicks after that penalty, but Chelsea basically tried 30 tackles after that point. They were penalised just four times. One of which was an aerial challenge. The other was a, a, a James handball. That's over the ho- course of the whole game. Liverpool attempted twenty tackles, and there was thirteen fouls given against us. Yeah. I, I, I'm not having it that we're a dirty team because we routinely finish, you know, top of the fair play league. So obviously, that's what was so bad about the performance. It was just like the inconsistency. Yeah, it's you know we got four free kicks in the entire game. <laughs> One of them being well, four, four, 
you know, fouls yeah. given against them in the entire game, one being the penalty, and they got 13 given against us, which I find to be mad. Yeah, no, bizarre. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll move on. Um, yeah. We obviously haven't got no no games to preview this week as it's, it's international international um, international <coughs> break. So we're going to finish with higher or lower, Phil. Quick, quick competition. Yeah, and okay. So six questions. Are we doing this then? So are we going to ask the, the red question to the blues first, are we? I'm yeah, so you ask the, yeah, ask the, ask the, uh, the reds. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So start off with the Liverpool one, so I'll put it to the blues first. So... Luis Suarez scored 69 goals in 110 Premier League games for Liverpool, a goal-scoring frequency of 62.7%. Is that higher or lower than his goal-scoring frequency at Barcelona? What was it? What was the percentage? He scored 69 in 110, which is 62.7% of the games he's played in, he scores in for Liverpool. I'd say it's higher than at Barca. I think it was about 1 in 2 at Barca. Okay. Yeah, I'd say higher up. Is it me who's having to go well, wrong? Well, like, so we've got to agree, so oh, yeah, would you say higher? I agree, yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have given away that second record. I think it might be higher at Barca. So you're saying lower? Yeah. So really said higher at Barca. We're saying it's higher at Liverpool. Yeah, OK, yeah. So, actually, it's lower at Liverpool. Suarez so scored a remarkable 147 goals in 191 games for Barca, which is a wow. frequency of 77%, yeah, which is considerably higher than his goals scored eight in the Premier League. So, 1-0. One 1-0 one to say. <coughs> so, the way there, though, sir. <laughs> I actually thought we we were saying what Terry said there. Oh, it is <laughs> right. Amoy <laughs> Lukaku, he scored 68 goals in 141 Premier League games for Everton. Scoring a goal in forty eight point two percent of the games he played in for the Blues, is that higher or lower than his goal scoring frequency at Man United? Mm. I know United fans didn't like him, but it was more his work rate, wasn't it? I don't think he was that prolific, but forty eight point two percent at Everton, pretty much. It's one basically and two. one and two, yeah. Um, Who's first? Oh uh, yeah, go on, Sorry, it's you, Teddy. <laughs> um, the clues. I think it's probably. Higher at Everton. Higher at Everton. I think it was higher at United. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very overweight and stuff at United. Yeah, was overweight, but I think wasn't he really just like... scores. He must have only played about 30 odd games for them. He only played like one season, didn't he? Or he went to Inter. Do you reckon he scored like, let's say he played 35, say say 32 games at United. Scored. He scored 16. Probably didn't score 16. Just in the Premier League, is this? Yeah. Just in the Premier League, mm, yeah. Yeah, probably not. Um, I'd say higher at Everton. What would you say? Go on, I'll get you can go with this one. Okay, then. Yeah, it was higher at Everton. Um, he scored 28 goals. He must have had two seasons at United because he had 66 Premier League okay. games. Um, and he scored 28 for them. A goal yeah. scoring frequency of 42%. Right, Judy, or and oh, Pricey, no. over oh, no. to you. Still 1 0, isn't it? Still 1 0. So, Liverpool's record transfer fee. Was of course the seventy-five million fee they paid for Van Dijk, but is that higher or lower than the record transfer fee paid by Arsenal? Um, I put here a bonus point if you know their most expensive, who their most expensive signing is as well. Mesut, it's going to be difficult with the. Uh, Mesut Ozil, is it? They paid, I'm sure they paid seventy-two for Lacazette. No, it was Pepe, isn't it? Was it Pepe? It was Pepe? Like a mad, mad fee for Pepe. Seventy-two million. You know? No, I think Ozil was the the highest. Uh, was it more than seventy? It wasn't more than seventy-five million. 
Aubameyang was not high Shonzo and who else would do Sanzo big money Mesut Ozil I think Mesut Ozil was about 70 million so low yeah unless I'm missing someone I don't think Lacazette was that here from Leon, I think. So, who's you given a name for the highest for the signing? Who's the most Ezel. expensive? Ezel. Terry. Um, from Real Madrid, wasn't he? Was he at Real Madrid then? Yeah. Was he at Real or was he at Bayern? Yeah, not Bayern. He was on a German team, wasn't he? Was he? I thought he came from Real. No, he's German. He played for the he German is. national team, but he was at Real, yeah. When they signed him. Right, you, can't, you can't be getting involved in the quiz, When they Phil. signed him. <laughs> yeah, Phil's getting involved in the quiz. I remember Ronaldo fuming. Oi. I can't remember. Who's here, lad? Arsenal. Is their record fee higher than ours? 75 mil for Van Dijk. No, I don't think it is. I, I can't, well, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that... Okay. Is, is higher than that for Teddy, for a bonus point, do you know who their most expensive signing is? Um, yeah, I'd probably go with Ezel, to be honest. Okay, well, you're both right in that their record <laughs> transfer is lower than the 75 million we paid for Van Dyke. It was 72 million paid for Pepe. I thought it was oh. Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I Pepe, you know, it was a tax fee that they paid for Pepe. I, I should have known that because Phil mentioned Pepe before. <laughs> that, yeah. It was like oh, a yeah. dead random oh, yeah, yeah. No, I only thought about it just then when you said it. But okay, Teddy. Everton's record sale fee was a whopping seventy-five million received from United for Lukaku in two thousand seventeen. Is this higher or lower than the record transfer fee received by Leicester City for one of their players? Bonus points if you can name who that player was. Um. I think it might have been Mares um, after the title winning season. Seventy more than seventy-five. Um, I think lower. Okay, I'd agree with that. Lower, sixty lower, million. Yeah. I think it was sixty-eight. I think it was maybe sixty-five. Yeah. Okay, so you both going. Okay, so you both wrong. No one got the player. It was actually Harry Maguire, and he was 78.3. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, forgot about that one. One nil still to say. Okay. Judgy, so far, Jordan Henderson has provided Liverpool with 36 assists in competitive games, but is that higher or lower than the number of assists provided by Trent so far in his Liverpool career? This will be a pro-Henderson question without a doubt. Why is um, that? Because you love him. <laughs> um, 36 assists, Henderson, so far. Trent's on 33. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm Phil's just got a for the entire podcast there. <laughs> <laughs> I tell us the answer. And Phil hasn't even got another question now. I've got one more question. You're a Muppet, you. Sorry, oh my Sorry gosh, listeners. Uh, by the way, whatever happens here, I'm calling it a... Uh, a, a void, void composition. All right, yeah, it's one nil to Teddy, isn't it? <laughs> okay, then. Stephen Pienaar recorded 35 assists in competitive games for Everton, but is that higher or lower than the number of assists provided by the guaranteed first manager to be sacked this season, Mikel Arteta, <laughs> for the Blues? So, 35 from Pienaar. We'll just sit here until you tell us. <laughs> yeah, just, just, keep, just keep waiting. Soon it goes quiet, Phil has to fill it and just basically <laughs> yeah. give it the answer away. Yeah. 
How many? 35 Pina. Teddy's waiting for us to start. Teddy's buffering. Teddy's buffering. I might be on fast forward, but he's buffering. Let's talk about Arteta for a bit so we can try and get some clues. 35, Arteta. I reckon, what was he at Everton? Five seasons. I don't even reckon you scored 35 in five seasons. No, I think Arteta lower. Blues. But he was at Everton for longer than five seasons, more like seven. Um, he took corners and free kicks. Probably one of our more creative midfielders we've had. Yeah. Uh, would you say? It's, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be close, five, isn't it? Close. It, it, is a, it is a lot. And, and Pina had two spells, and, yeah. and obviously he was, him and Baines were just yeah. constantly at it, weren't they? I think it'll be a toss-up, so... So it's going to be close. One of the one. Well, if, he, if he's gone, if he, you you've gone Pina, you've gone Pina. Yeah, I think Arteta might have slightly edged them. Arteta did slightly edge him. Forty assists from Arteta, five more than Pina. So <laughs> one one. No one void draw. Was it been a blue win? That if you only give that away. Oh, has it got that one with Trent and Henderson? Nah, I think he's been close. Nah, it was close. He just said he knows me too well to get that. I knew, I knew you too well straight away. Calls it. Okay, well, a, a draw, never mind. So, as Millsy always said, you know, you get the dead cars and you'll never walk alone ready. and play whatever you want today. Play them both if you want. Um, but, yeah, thanks a lot for listening this week. As I say, we've, we've got no previews. We've got an international break. Enjoy your break. We won't. Um, and, you know, look forward to getting getting back to action after the international break. Uh, it's normal service, I think, resume next week in terms of today, is it right, Oh. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So we're back on a back on Monday next week for 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 anyone who's wondering. So catch you all next week. Have a good week.